all our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Blessed Savior, Thou hast promised. Thou and all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to Thee in earnest Soon in glory bright and there will be no need for prayer. Rapture praising in this worship will be our sweet portion there. Rapture praising in this worship will be our sweet portion there. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, rugged cross, stained with blood so divine. Oh, wondrous beauty I see. For does one that old cross? Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown to that old rugged cross I will ever be true its shame and reproach glad 
early bear Then it'll call me someday To my home far away Where is glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Softly and tender, early Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly tend. Early Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. And oh, for the wonder, for love he has promised, promised for you and for me. And though we have sinned, He has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are we? Oh, oh, oh. 
Endlessly tender, early Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. Good morning. Good to see y'all, and happy Mother's Day to the mothers in the room. It's a special day, very special day. God's gift to us is a mother, and very much so. (laughs) So thank y'all for being here. Today's message is is on doubt, and we're going to be in Psalm 77. So if you have your Bibles, we can open up to Psalm 77. And if I get choked up a bit, we were outside yesterday for uh, Mallory's grandpa's uh, memorial service, and I, I find it fitting to share this little story. In, in the hospital room, moments before he passed, Mallory got to witness him saying, I'll be there in five minutes. I'll be there in five minutes. And Mallory asked her sister, what, what, who is he talking about to? What is he talking about? Well, his wife passed almost to the date, a year prior, and he was talking to his wife. And he knew exactly where he was going. So did she. There was no doubt. So I thought it was fitting just to open up with that this morning. Um, And we're going to read through Psalm 77 from start to finish. There's so much good coming from this psalm that um, just reading through it's going to be a blessing. Starts with, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, To this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are are holy. What God is great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, O God. The water saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. 
Now, David has six questions that are extremely heavy in doubt. And it's interesting to think about what drives us to that point of doubt, to those seasons where we are asking, God, where are you at? I don't see you. I don't see your mighty hand working. I don't understand what's going on. Times of despair, loss of hope, anger, hurt, loneliness. Those are the result of situations that can bring us into doubt. We are not free from these times in our life. They happen. And some of the situations are aimed right at our destruction. Jesus says in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come to give life. So we already see the spiritual warfare right off the bat. Doubt's no different. And here David is going through these questions. Just the other month, um, my best buddy from grade school lost his dad to cancer. And we hadn't connected in 10 years. And his dad was like a dad to me growing up. He was the man who taught me how to respect and you better respect. And it was a, a loss that was felt. It was a loss that hit me differently than other losses that I've gone through in my life. And doubt started to creep in. And just not having that feeling or not going through that feeling, it was kind of a, a scary and lonesome time. Um, so after his funeral... Uh, Brad, my buddy, and I connected, and we went to dinner. It was the first time we've met together in 10 years, so it was interesting. And where we parted, he went one way, and I went the other way, meaning he had sin in his life, and I didn't want that around me. And that's what parted us. And so when we came back together, I told God, I'm not bringing it up, not talking about that. This is about him and I reconnecting about his dad. And so when I shared moments in my life where testimonies of power of, I know where your dad is, they weren't received. Here, my assurance was so thick, it was so strong. Your, your dad is in heaven, I know for a fact. And then that message wasn't received as in, yeah, I have full confidence too. And I began to feel his despair across the table. I began to feel that weight that he's trying to carry, that we're not meant to carry. So it's in those seasons of doubt that lead to questions, but those questions either need to stop and they need to turn to God. And that's what David did after he asked those six questions. And I'll repeat the questions here. Will the Lord reject forever? I mean, he's going down a pretty heavy dark path. Will he never show his favor again? His unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? I admit I've been in seasons where I've asked those types of questions. And I didn't do what David did immediately after. Immediately after, David said, then I thought, to this I will appeal. 
David knew he's coming down a path and he knew it had to stop. And he had to do a, a 180 of, I will appeal this. I'm not going down that path any longer. Maybe for six questions, but that's it. And then he goes on to remembrance. He battles doubt with remembering who God is, what God has done, and he goes through and recalls it. We know Thomas being a doubter. Here's a man with Jesus for several moments out of that season, seeing Jesus perform miracle after miracle. And after Jesus dies on the cross, Thomas says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. That doubt doesn't have to stay with us. And Jesus did a great job appearing to him and says, the first thing he says, peace be with you. He doesn't condemn Thomas. He doesn't say, where were you when you were with me? What, what, did you see my miracles? Did you see who I was? I even told you I was going to be gone and then I would come back. No, he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive anyone his sins they are forgiven. Excuse me, I jumped up. It says, peace be with you. I'm sorry. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then he simply says, stop doubting and believe. There's not an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. So he says it in a, a delivered tone of stop doubting and believe. And it's that simple. It's what David did in the Psalms. I will appeal this. No longer will I be asking questions about doubt. I'm going to focus on God, who you are, and what you have done. And let me get back to that. And those moments that happen in our, time, in our life, we can go through the Bible and, and see countless ways of how God has shown up. And then we can also recall moments in our life. Um, in April of 2019, I got fired from my job. I was, I thought I would be smart and get ahead of the curve and Adeline was just born and I th and Mallory worked outside the house, and we needed both incomes to live and um, on the budget that we had. So I thought it would be a great idea that I, I work from home. I'd just take care of Adeline. It would work out. Work full-time, busy to schedule during the day, and, and take care of a newborn. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I have not one clue what I was thinking. And I, I sure did lose myself through that two years I did it. And towards the end of it, Satan dangled the bait. And I found a way that I could show 
I was available on the phones when I wasn't, and I got caught. And through that time, I tried to get out of the trap I put myself in. Nobody put me there other than myself. And I had questions of doubt. Like, God, where are you at? I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't understand where are you at. All the time, I go back to my computer and do my little, set my phone up. But God, I don't know where you're at. And he's going, buddy, you've got sin in your life. I can't do anything about that until you come to me. And it was to the, the day I had enough. I was drowned out. I was tired. I couldn't do any more work. I couldn't juggle. Adeline's getting more mobile. She's getting more vocal. And I just looked up and I said, Father, I'm done. It was in the morning. And I told him I'm done. That afternoon I got fired. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Because in that time, I didn't understand it. For the next five to seven days, there was no more doubting. There was just him replenishing me and going through forgiveness and and getting that sin out of my life. He had to rip the Band-Aid off and say, we're done. Life's about to change. And I thought, naive self, okay, we got the sin out of my life and, and we're good, right, God? You haven't learned the lesson yet. And the best way our Heavenly Father teaches us, he doesn't hit us. He doesn't smack us. He takes away. And he took our house away. He took the neighborhood we lived away. And we had to downsize. But in that moment, in that time, I still, I knew God disciplines those who love him. Or that he loves. Fast forward to today. We are a single income family where Mal can stay home with Adeline. And doesn't have to um, go anywhere else other than with mama. And that's the lifestyle we wanted. And that's the lifestyle we couldn't attain given the lifestyle I put into place. And so when I go through seasons of doubt, I recall that moment when God said, I'm taking it away for your own good. And watch me show off. And he showed off tremendously. He moved this piece to that puzzle and that puzzle piece over here and the picture just came into place. And so remembering on those times that we have in our lives where God showed up and showed off is how we nip doubt right in the tail. He said, we're not going to have questions of doubt. We know who our God is. God shows up and gives us love and love abundance. Jesus says it this way in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That statement alone, remembering that statement alone that he uttered, will dissipate doubt. In me you may have peace. Not in this world. Not in our jobs. Not in our lifestyle. Not in our family. Not in our brothers, our siblings, our spouses. In Jesus, you may have peace. And that he has overcome the world. So anything that we're going through, any doubt that we're facing is is nothing compared to what Jesus can do and has done and is still doing in our lives. So remember whose we are. 
remember who we serve and remember who God is. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. This is another tactic that we can use to take away the hurries of this world or hurries of our lifestyle, and we can breathe. The burden doesn't fall on us. God has provided for each and every single one of us in every moment of our lives. Not provided how we wanted it, but provided how we needed it. And when we remember what God has done in our lives, be present in that moment. Sit in that moment. Let his glory wrap you up like a comforting blanket and be with him in that moment. Enjoy it. On Monday nights up in Frisco, I'm with a, uh, a prayer group with a guy who wants to plant a church up there. And God had connected me with him through an interesting strange of, or string of events, so that was pretty fun. And he showed me a new way to pray through psalms. And one of the th- things we do is we just use the words of psalms to give glory to God for who God is and give thanks for what he has done. And it's one of these Monday nights that his brother-in-law, we had been praying for a couple things in his life, for God to come through on. And sure enough, God did. And he's sharing us how God answered. And the way God answered, you just know there was nobody else. It was God. It's just, it's just God. And you could see the, the joy in his face, the relief, and it was the biggest smile and it was just radiant and it was glowing. And I remember just sitting there and looking at him and smiling and just enjoying what God has done in his life and letting that overpour into our life. And after he gets done sharing, he looks at me and goes, Phil, what about you? I said, Trevor, I just want to sit in this moment. And all three of us did, and we got quiet, and we were still. And the Holy Spirit engulfed us, and we could feel it, brought tears to my eyes. And we would have missed this moment had we not taken the time to just sit, be still, and know who God is and give thanks in that moment for what he has done. And at the end of that, Nathan starts opening up in prayer. In the prayer, you could just feel the spirit running through him, and he gets louder, and we're starting to get cheered up, and it's God. There's no doubt. Here we are weeks after weeks of praying through what Trevor was asking. And you could feel the tension in Trevor, just like when any of us are going through a moment, you can feel the tension. And then we get to celebrate God providing. Doubt leaves when we take that time and relish in who God is and what he has done and celebrate the fact that he provides for us. Doubt leaves when we say, I will appeal this. No longer am I going to question his gratefulness, his, his fruit that he gives. Jesus says it this way, remain in me and I will remain in you. I am the vine, you are the branch. No branch can bear good fruit unless it remains in me. 
And that is true. When we try to stand out outside of that branch and go, no, I've got some food from Jesus. We're, we're good. We can go. Say, and I've done this several times. God, you gave me the word. I got it. Let's go. I didn't tell you to go. I gave you something. It's not time. The fruit isn't coming yet. Well, God, how come, how come I, it failed? You're doubting again. I told you to just remain in me, and I got it. It's my battle, God says. I'm providing for you, God says. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to worry. By worrying, who can add a single hour to his or her life? So lastly, to sum everything up, giving thanks to God. Through this prayer on Monday nights, I have never gone through so many moments of giving thanks to, to, for God and just allowing that to come over you and acknowledging it, vocalizing it, proclaiming, God, you did this, thank you. God, you were this, thank you. God, you are powerful. You are awesome. No other God can come close to you. I love how David says it. Um, let me get to it. Oh, I lost it. What God, little g, is so great as our God, capital G? I love the grammar of that. The little G God has nothing compared to big G God. <laughs> and it's that simple. It's just one little grammar. One cap, lowercase and uppercase. To put a huge perspective in place. God's bigger than anything. God created it. God created it. How are we to doubt when our creator knows all? So it's in those times when we give thanks, it brings us back to that grateful heart, the attitude of gratitude, and loving on our creator who has given us life, who has given us mothers, fathers, siblings, friends, relatives to cherish life with. You don't have to have all the materialistic stuff. But when you do have the relationship, as we went last night to, um, we call him Poppy, Poppy's memorial service. Everyone was around, sharing moments, laughter, smiles, tears, hugs, kisses, just that relational part of it. That's from God. That is from God. And it is so, so good. And just relishing in that, letting that come over you, takes doubt and throws it out the door. Doubt has no place unless, you know, there's a four-foot guy trying to dunk a ten-foot basketball. That kind of doubt's okay. We doubt that that four-foot person can dunk the basketball. But when we doubt what God can do in our lives, that doubt needs to be squandered. I will appeal to this. So how we battle with doubt is remembrance. Amen. So I'll close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you so much for this message today. We know that your word is glorious. We know that your word brings us back to you. We know that your word is all the food that we need. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us your one and only son, Jesus Christ. For what you did on that cross, Jesus. For what you paid, the ultimate sacrifice. We are grateful. Holy Spirit, we're thankful that your presence in our lives directs us. It fills us up in times of need, in times of joy. We're thankful for all the things that you give us. Thankful for this congregation. Thankful for this time to share together. And Lord, I just ask that we be filled with your presence as we go on about our days and go on about our week. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.